We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, Packer fans! Happy game day! Welcome into an all-new episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I am your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thank you so much for being here and making the Pack a Day podcast a part of your game day routine. We have Packers-Chargers in a game that I just stated yesterday could alter the course of the season and in some capacity, the future of this franchise. If you want to know why, go back and check out yesterday's episode. I do think this is a really intriguing matchup, especially knowing what's coming up next against the Lions, against the Chiefs. This has the potential to spiral, but a big win against the Chargers could maybe get things going in a different direction and maybe get Green Bay. I don't know if you can call a win over the Chargers who have Oh, you know, not performed up to expectations, like a signature win on the season, but it would definitely still be their best win on the season. And just any win at this point is important for this franchise and this team, just kind of how things have gone. So I do think this is a really interesting game. Like I said, if you want to know why I think this is a like season altering and maybe franchise altering game, go out and check out yesterday's episode. But today we're going to be going over the preview 
all the keys to the game, my final prediction, everything we always do on a Packers game day. So let's start with transactions like we always do. Packers had one transaction on Saturday, and that was bringing up safety Benny Sapp Jr. to the active roster. Probably one that we could have saw coming uh, if we you know looked at it closer. With Rudy Ford not playing, you know, you probably needed a little bit more depth in that secondary. Ennis Gaines, no longer on the roster. I know he'd been more of a corner so far as of late, but he has that safety versatility. They didn't have the ability to call him up, obviously, because he's not on the team, uh, but he was also out of elevations, even if he was. And so with all, you know, the Rudy Ford injury, Ennis Gaines gone, Darnell Savage still out, you're very thin at that safety position. You do still have four guys there, right? You do have Dallin Levitt, you do have Zane Anderson, who yes, is real. Uh, You do still have Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. So it wasn't like the cupboard was completely bare there, Uh, but Benny Sapp Jr. gives them a little bit more of a traditional safety. I fully expect him to be primarily a special teams player. But the fact that I, like, it would be interesting to me if all of a sudden Jonathan Owens or Anthony Johnson Jr. went down with an injury and they needed to bring another safety up to basically start, be a starting safety at that point. I don't know if they would go with the experience of Dallin Levitt, you know, if they would go with Zane Anderson, if they would go with Benny Sapp Jr. I, I honestly don't know. My gut might tell me Dallin Levitt, but Dallin Levitt is just a special teams player. And if he's in on defense, it, it's not probably going to be the prettiest football that you've ever seen in your life. Now, I don't know if it's going to be better with Zane Anderson or Benny Sapp Jr., but either way, it gives them some options. It gives them some depth. And Benny Sapp Jr., definitely going to be a core special teamer in this game as well. So obviously not a great sign for Rudy Ford. It's never been a great sign for Rudy Ford this entire week. He did, did not practice all week. He'd been doubtful all week. And as Zach Cruz pointed out on Twitter earlier this week, every single player that has been doubtful so far for Green Bay this year has gone on to not play in the game. So don't expect Rudy Ford. I expect him to be one of the inactives, but Benny Sapp Jr. will be up in his place. Now, just going back to the injuries for just a moment. Again, I think we can pretty much rule Rudy Ford out at this point. As I'm recording this at 1230 a.m. on Sunday. I have not yet seen any tweets from Rappaport or Schefter that indicate whether or not Green Bay's questionable players are going to be good to go for this game. Those questionable players, Jair Alexander, Quay Walker, and Rashawn Gary. Quay Walker, I expect to play uh, just based on the fact that he practiced all week. Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander, a little bit more of your guests, and we will find out 10.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you know, when the inactive lists come out, unless again, we get one of those reports from Schefter or Rappaport ahead of time. But I do think some of those injuries are going to be really, really key in this game. And let's just kick off right there with our keys to the game, whether it's a victory or a loss. I think these are the things that are going to decide this game and the things that I'm going to be ultimately watching as the course of the day goes along. And the number one thing on my list has to be the health of Rashawn Gary. And clearly Quay Walker, Jair Alexander, those injuries, very important as well to this Packers defense. Rashawn Gary is just playing at a different level than anyone else on this Packers team. I know that the sacks and the big time play production has not been there as of late. I promise you, he is still playing extremely well. What he is doing on the outside and with the ease that he is winning with is still incredibly important. Opposing offenses are having to use extra resources to go into stopping Rashawn Gary, and his impact is felt even if it hasn't been noticeable when you're watching the game live. 
And without that player, it basically just gives a whole nother player because a lot of times you're using double teams or chips or keeping a running back in just to focus on Rashawn Gary. And Green Bay's defense has still struggled, even knowing that they're putting so much time, effort, and energy into Rashawn Gary. Now imagine Rashawn Gary can't go, and it just opens up the offense even more for a offense with the Chargers that is already as explosive as it needs to be, and you don't need to give them any other advantages in this game. Even if Rashawn does play, how much can he play? Is he on a full snap count? Is he on a limited snap count? Even if he plays a full or limited snap count, does he look like Rashawn Gary? If he doesn't look anywhere near remotely like himself and he's a shell of himself or 50% of himself, that is still a major issue in this game. So there are multiple obstacles to overcome here. A, does Rashawn play? B, how much does he play? And C, how effective is he if he plays? If any of those questions come up with poor answers, either he doesn't play, he plays only a fraction of the snaps, or he plays at a fraction of his normal abilities, that is a huge, huge loss for Green Bay in this game. And like I said, Green Bay's defense already behind the eight ball with a unhealthy Rashawn Gary and a player that cannot make the impact that he has the ability to make in any given game. Good luck to Joe Barry and the remainder of that defense because you are fighting with a hand behind your back. He is that important to Green Bay's success and they need him to play, play a lot and play well if they want any real opportunity at slowing down Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense in this game. Number two, let's keep things right there and let's talk about the fact that this is a Joe Barry game. And that should be very scary and worrisome to anyone that hears me utter those words. The Packers played the Steelers as if they were in a catch-22, meaning if they went all out to stop the run, the Steelers and Kenny Pickett were going to be able to beat them deep in the passing game, and they were going to give up big explosives, and they were going to be vulnerable on the back end. And if they played back, then they were going to be vulnerable to giving up big explosive plays in the running game. That's how they played against the Steelers with Kenny Pickett. The issue here is that Kenny Pickett and that Steelers offense never really presented the need to be worried about it being a catch-22 game. You needed to make Kenny Pickett show you that he had that ability before you played it that way. The issue this week is that this is legitimately a catch-22 week, meaning if you bring that safety up in the box, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and that offense will legitimately beat you down the field. And you have real reason to worry that bringing an extra safety in the box and playing with fewer numbers in the secondary could get you beat, not only with explosives, but like consistently. There is a legitimate concern and you have to be worried about that. But in this game, if you keep that safety back, you have to be cognizant that Austin Eckler could go off at any given time as well. Now, here is the good news in this one. It's almost the reverse of last game. And I'm going to be really interesting to see what Joe Barry picks here as sort of his poison. But Austin Eckler, extremely talented as a running back. This run blocking, which we're going to talk about a little bit later for the Chargers, has been pretty atrocious. So I do think in a weird way, this is almost the opposite of last week where you almost probably need to keep the safety back and make them prove to you that they can run the ball first. And then if they can, then you probably need to adjust and figure out if you want to pick your poison or not. But this is a little bit more different. And I'll just say it up front because I think I think sometimes we can be a little bit harsh and unfair 
And I will say for the millionth time, I am not defending Joe Barry here. Don't want to have be the person that is carrying that banner. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But I do think it's unfair sometimes to be like, have the expectation that the defense is just going to go into, into the game stopping everything. I think you have to be fair with the fact that the other team is usually pretty good too and has ways that they can beat you. Now, like I said, against the Steelers, they chose the wrong way to stop the Steelers and that's on Joe Barry and that's on the Green Bay Packers. That's completely on them. But in this game, I do think you have to recognize the fact that if you want to play that bend but don't break defense in this game, I'm not totally sold that that's not the best way to play this game against the Chargers. And I know people are going to hate to hear that, and I understand it. And I do think there's a time and a place to play way more aggressive and be more up at the line of scrimmage. Spoiler alert, that was last week against the Steelers. I do have legitimate fear that if you come up and you are aggressive trying to stop the run, that Justin Herbert and this Chargers offense can beat you deep. So if they are starting in their two safety shell and keeping those guys deep, I understand it a bit more in this one. I'm not saying that they can't make adjustments throughout the course of the game. And if the Chargers come out and run it right down Green Bay's throat, then you're going to have to, like, you're going to have to make those adjustments and you're going to have to figure out how to stop the run and maybe just hope and pray at that point that Justin Herbert and the passing offense doesn't beat you deep. There, Like I said, this is a little bit more of a catch-22 and a pick your poison. And you've got to figure out how you want to stop this Chargers offense that is presenting a lot of challenges and a lot of problems. If you want to take away Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen as your primary objective, I understand that a lot more this week than I understood trying to take away Kenny Pickett rather than the running game a week ago. So I do think this is a different game. I do think Joe Barry has a much harder task on his hands, but he made a very hard task out of last week when he probably didn't need to. Now he has a legitimate hard task and he might have that hard task without Rashawn Gary and some other key players on his defense, depending on what happens with those injuries. So how Joe Barry handles this game and how they make adjustments throughout the course of the game, I think is going to be another key to this one. Number three, I need to see more out of Christian Watson. And as I've talked about all week, this is not just a Christian Watson problem. This is making sure that Jordan is hitting Christian when he is open. This is making sure that Matt is using Christian in a way that is best utilizing his skill set and what he can do as a player. Christian needs the ball in his hands to be successful. And sometimes getting the ball in his hands is the hard part because he's not the most nuanced route runner in the world. He's not the most deceptive wide receiver, meaning like he's not like he's consistently changing speeds and having the best release game at the line of scrimmage or at the um, release point at the top of the route, those sort of things. So you have to be a bit more creative with Christian. I need to see a few more end arounds and reverses or tosses or jet sweeps or just handoffs or whatever you need to do to get him the ball. Wide receiver screens, I don't care, but you have to find a way to manufacture some touches for, for, for him. I think he's far too talented of a player. I do think you need to get the ball in his hands and I do think he can make explosive things happen in this game and just about every game, but it needs to be better from Christian. It needs to be better from Jordan when Christian is finding his way open, specifically deep down the field. Jordan needs to hit those plays and then it needs to be better from Matt in finding ways to make Christian successful. Even when Christian's not doing it on his own, there's still ways to find him the football, get him in open field, and let him use all of that raw natural talent to the best of his ability. So I, I'm not going to lie. When I'm in the middle of Packer season, I don't always eat the best. It's by far my busiest time of year. I don't have a ton of time to make healthy meals. And because of that, I end up eating a lot of unhealthy foods. And when I'm not eating healthy, my digestive system doesn't always feel the best. 
and I end up feeling less focused, more stressed, and it just feels like my immune system is fighting with an arm behind its back. That's why I tried AG1. I was tired of being tired and I was tired of being unfocused and I needed to kickstart my immune system and increase my energy. And when I started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel the difference in my digestive health and my daily energy. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop includes probiotics for gut support, B vitamins for energy, and zinc to help support my immune health. And that's why Packaday is proud to be sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Cue the dramatic music. We have a public service announcement. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra. Featuring the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, we're talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code PACKADAY. High tech for low places, Manscaped. Personally, Manscaped is my go to for all of my grooming needs. Manscaped has some crazy technology that helps prevent nicks, cuts, snags, and tugs in all those ultra sensitive places. I also personally recommend the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion that just makes the entire experience so much better. In an area that you have to have trust, I trust Manscaped, and you should too. Right now, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code PACKADAY at manscaped.com. I can promise you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship, so get yours today from our folks over at Manscaped. Number four, gotta contain Joey Bosa, gotta contain Khalil Mack. If you want to know when this defense has been good, there have been two games this year when Bosa and Mack have just completely cooked. The first one was against the Raiders where Bosa was actually out that game and Khalil Mack had six sacks on his own in a game. Six sacks against the Raiders and he completely wrecked the Raiders offense their day and of course the Chargers came away with the win. A couple weeks ago against the Jets, Bosa and Mack combined for four and a half sacks against the Jets and completely wrecked the Jets offense. Now the Jets offense is doing a good enough job of wrecking it on its own, but certainly Bosa and Mack with that poor Jets offensive line made things a nightmare for Zach Wilson and that entire Jets offense all day long. If you give Bosa and Mack the ability to beat you, they will beat you. If they end up with another five, six sack performance combined between the two of them, it's going to be a long day and you're going to lose. This Chargers offense is going to put up points. You have to reciprocate. You're going to have to throw the ball and you're going to have to put up points too. And if you can't block Bosa and Mack on the edges, good luck doing that because you're going to be consistently behind the chains. Down and distance is going to be an issue. You're not going to get those big third down conversions because they're going to be the ones that are wrecking those plays too. And it's going to be a long day at the office. So it is imperative that 
you know, the good news is you have Zach Tom, who's playing fantastic football as one of your tackles. The other one, whether it is Rashid Walker or Yash Nyman, not only needs to be on their A game, but they're probably going to need some help as well. Those two guys can wreck the game on any Sunday, either one of them, not to mention the combined issues that both of them present. So better have a plan, a plan B, a plan C, and make sure that those two guys do not wreck the game like Mac did against the Raiders and like Mac and Bosa did combined against the Jets. Number five, Aaron Jones in the running game. This has to be something that you get going this week because the Chargers run defense is flat out not good. Go check out Mike Wall's timeline. He has a video on there, multiple plays where the defensive tackles for the Chargers are just getting pushed downfield. And when I say like pushed downfield, I'm not talking about like lightly moved out of their gaps. I'm talking about mauled 10 to 15 yards down the field, something you never see in the NFL. That is how much of a struggle it has been for this Chargers run defense. If Josh Myers and John Runyon Jr. and to a lesser extent Elton Jenkins, because we know he's been playing much better as of late, but if those guys cannot get pushed on the interior in this game, it's just not going to happen. They have to get pushed on the interior and that has to turn into results and positive yardage from Jones, Dylan, Wilson, who's ever carrying the football should not matter. You should be able to get positive yardage. And two things on this. One, it can't be negative yardage. It, even if it's just a three or four yard run, that's fine. Even if it's a two yard run from time to time, that's fine. But you can't have those negative three, four yard runs. That cannot happen. Number two, when that stuff does get blocked up, and when there is a hole there, which has been few and far between this season, you need to have more plays like the A.J. Dillon play a week ago, where you're turning those into 30, 40, 50 yard runs. It can't be there's a big hole here and we're getting six. It can't be there's a huge gap to this side and you're getting four. It has to be there's a gap and you're turning those into explosive plays. Those plays are there to be had against this Chargers run defense. Jones, Dillon, this offense, and specifically the interior offensive line have got to find a way to get the job done and get some of not only consistent running game going, but some big explosives in the run game as well. Number six, need to see continued progress on offense. Wins and losses, depending on who you are and what you're cheering for, things like that, that could vary a little bit. What we are all cheering for is consistent and continued progress, not only for the offense, but for all of the young players and the you know talent on this team. Those players need to continue to progress, but specifically on the offensive side of the ball, can Jordan Love and, and uh, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, and some of these young playmakers continue to show the signs of progress that they've shown over the course of the past couple weeks? The last thing you want, and we get that progress isn't always linear. Sometimes it's two steps forward, one step back. It felt like you had two step fo- steps forward these past two weeks against the Steelers and against the Rams. What you want to avoid is that step back this week. Can you take another step in the right direction? And maybe this week that's Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson reannouncing themselves and being like, we know Wicks and, and uh, you know Reed are coming on, but we are still really good players as well. I need to see a little bit more out of Christian Watson. I need to see a little bit more out of Romeo Dobbs. Jordan Love, last week, threw the deep ball much better. I need to see that with consistency. Last week, I thought we can talk about the, the end zone plays the, the you know, at the end of last game and how we want to grade those or whatever. But overall, I thought through the course of the game, Jordan made much better decisions. Can he do that in this game as well? So all of those things go hand in hand, but I want to see that consistent and continued progress for the offense and not a big step back after two positive weeks, again, against the Rams and the Steelers. All right, number seven, the tackling must improve. 
and I will believe it when I see it. This has been a poor tackling team now for, let's just say, a while. And I don't think that just gets better overnight. It's not like they went all week and did, you know, nutcracker drills and practice and just were full on, you know, they didn't even run pads this week at all. They didn't have one padded practice. And even if they did, it's not like they're going live tackling, right? So I'm very skeptical that all of a sudden, hey, we learned how to tackle. And if you've, you've got, by the way, Kenny Clark with a shoulder injury, Jair Alexander with a shoulder injury, Rashawn Gary with a shoulder injury. That doesn't make tackling any easier. Rudy Ford, one of your better tackling safeties is out, although he had a big miss last week, but he's out. You know, you've got Anthony Johnson Jr. in his place. So I don't think this is going to get easier from a tackling standpoint, but it has to be better. If not, and I'm not just talking about in the run game, I'm talking about for Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, in the pass game, in the run game. I don't care where it is. Tackling is always going to be something that you've got to do at a high level. Green Bay's done it at an extremely poor level, especially last week. It needs to be better. At minimum, it can't be abysmal. If it's abysmal, good night, nurse, game over, game set, match, chargers. If it's at least serviceable, maybe you have a puncher's chance at stopping the offense a little bit, but another poor tackling day is going to go a long way into getting another loss in the loss column. Number eight, what's your Keenan Allen plan? And is Jair Alexander a part of that plan? Keenan versus Jair, theoretically, should be a really fun matchup on paper. How healthy is Jair? Is Jair even playing in this game? That's going to be interesting. And then if he is healthy, are you moving him with Keenan? Or are you just putting Jair on his one side? All of that's going to be interesting. If he can't play, even more important that you have a plan in place because Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine are not going to be able to stick one-on-one with Keenan Allen for any consistent period of time. That's going to be a massive matchup nightmare for Green Bay. And that's where I say this is a catch-22 because you're dropping a safety in the box. That is going to cause some major problems. You're going to get Keenan Allen some one-on-ones. And Keenan Allen one-on-one against Valentine and Valentine all day long, if that were to be the case, is a recipe for disaster as well. So again, you're going to have to have a Keenan Allen plan A, plan B, and plan C, and make sure that you're trying to take him out of the game as best as possible, although I do know that is easier said than done. Number nine, I a little bit spoiled this earlier, but the Chargers run game. We know that this is, again, a issue where it's it's going to be a long day at the office for the Packers defense against this Chargers offense, but their run blocking grade per PFF is the third worst in football. Austin Eckler is dangerous with the ball in his hands, no two ways about it, and this Packers run defense is just bad. That has the potential to be a bad matchup for Green Bay add into the fact that they may have to keep that extra safety deep and you're not matching up with numbers in the box. And we saw what happened a week ago against the Steelers, but the Steelers have better run blockers than the Chargers do, especially on the interior. They're struggling to move people just very similarly to the way that Green Bay is struggling to move people. And this is your opportunity for the Kenny Clarks and the Devontae Wyatts and the TJ Slaytons and the interior of this defensive line, hopefully with a healthy Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell as your off-ball linebackers in this one, this has the potential to be a day where even six on six in the box, you can get off those blocks easier and make it so they're not getting those big explosive runs and maybe are held to three or four yard runs rather than seven, eight, nine, 10 yard runs. And that has the ability to be much more successful, much more potent and keep the Chargers offense much more at bay than what you did in the run game against the Steelers in their 200 plus yards just a week ago. And number 10 is really married to number nine, but the two interior players that the Chargers have that are very beatable are Zion Johnson, their guard, and Will Clapp, their center. 
Those two guys are very susceptible uh, to penetration, both in the run game and in the pass game. And to me, how Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt match up with Will Clapp and Zion Johnson are going to be a real key to this game. And Kenny has to have one of his Kenny Clark days. Wyatt needs to play far better than he has these past two weeks. And TJ Slayton just kind of needs to continue what he's been doing over these past few weeks on a whole. Those guys have the ability to eat in this game. And if they do, now you're, you're not only your run defense, but your pass defense has a real chance against Herbert and this Chargers offense. If they don't, could be a very, very long day, both in the run game and in the pass game. And again, with Rashawn Gary's unknown status, Jair's unknown status, that's your one opportunity really up front to eat on the interior of that line. Clark, Wyatt, Slayton, huge, huge keys in this one. Number 11, Jordan Love's efficiency. We could say just Jordan Love needs to play well. This could be a shootout or at least a game where you have to put up points and match points with Herbert. But I just want to see that consistent efficiency from Jordan Love. When the layups are there, completing the layups, making sure you're avoiding the big mistakes and the turnovers, taking care of the football, going through your progressions when you have time, taking the steps up in the pocket, but keeping your eyes downfield when you need to, and just remaining efficient. It doesn't have to be explosive always. It doesn't have to always look, you know, go big game hunting and look for those big plays down the field. It just has to keep the chains moving. You got to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, make the right decisions and avoid the big mistakes. We've seen different, you know, different issues for Jordan. Sometimes it's he's not hitting his layups. Sometimes it's he's throwing the interceptions. Other times it's, you know, he just has some inaccuracies or not hitting the deep ball down the field. I'm not expecting Jordan to play a perfect game, but I want him to play an efficient game. And I think if he can do that, he's going to give this Packers offense some opportunities. The playmakers are going to find some success in the secondary. I do expect the Packers running game to get going. And I think this offense can finally, I know this sounds like, shouldn't be that big of a deal, but surpass that 20 point mark and put some numbers up on the board that if nothing else, I think can hang with the chargers. And that's, I think has to be your focus going in as Matt LaFleur made mention. You do have to know that the other offense has Justin Herbert and is probably putting up points. So their offense is going to have to do the same and an efficient game from Jordan Love is going to go a long way in doing that. And last but not least, this has been one that's been on the last one on my list for the past few weeks. Now it's the Green Bay Packers versus the Green Bay Packers. If Green Bay stays out of their own damn way, they like they've put some really good stuff on tape these past couple weeks. Stuff that I'm excited about, stuff that I think is repeatable, stuff that I don't think is fool's gold. But you end a lot of these big drives with, you know, stubbing your own toe in the door. Like you've got to find a way to get to the red zone and then put up points. You've got to avoid the interceptions, you've got to avoid the big mistakes, the missed extra points, the missed field goals, the whatever it may be. Point production is going to be massive as it always is, but against a team that can put up points as well. And it's Green Bay that more often than not is beating themselves specifically on offense, but it's on defense too. Their mistakes on defense, running themselves out of uh, you know the the gaps that they're supposed to be in, not playing. When I say complementary, like complementary run defense, where everyone's supposed to be covering their specific area of the field, that was not on display. The poor tackling, like just all of these different things that you know, big penalties we saw a few weeks ago that were just penalty after penalty after penalty. Those things are going to get you beat every single week. And Green Bay has to find a way finally to get out of their own way and make the Chargers beat them rather than them beating themselves, which has been one of the biggest issues this season. 
More often than not, in all of these close games that they've been in, the team that has cost them the most has been themselves. And that's been what's been frustrating at times. We sort of expected some of that with a young, inexperienced team, but it also needs to trend in the right direction. And this is a week where I'm going to continue to look, can Green Bay stop beating themselves? Because if they can, I think this is going to be a really entertaining competitive game against the Chargers. If they continue to beat themselves and shoot themselves in the foot, then probably not so much. And you could end up with a double digit loss at the hands of the Chargers at home. And like I said, a game that could really alter the rest of the season moving forward. And I'll plug it one more time. Go check out yesterday's episode if you have not already. Final prediction for this game. I went back and forth with this all week long. And for the majority of the week, I did expect to pick the Packers in this one. The Rashawn Gary injury really is clouding me in this one. And because of that, I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going 31-23 Chargers. I think the Packers have some big plays down the field. I think they have some good point production. I think they probably leave a few points on the field again, as has been the case as of late. But I think they get above that 20-point mark, get to the 23. But I also think this is the week where Joe Barry's defense really gets exposed. They haven't played this level of quarterback yet. And I think even when they haven't played this level of quarterback, they've been exposed at times. I think this, when I say this is the week they finally get exposed, I get there's probably many people already typing in the comments of like, this is the week. You think this, that hasn't happened already? I'm with you. I get it. But I think this is where it even goes over the top and you really see some significant point production from the Chargers and maybe 31 is even being a little bit generous. But I'm going 31-23 Chargers over Packers as my final prediction. Hopefully I'm wrong. Green Bay can pick up a win. Keys to the game, just recapping it really quick. The health of Gary. What does Joe Barry do against this Chargers offense? Bigger Christian Watson day, containing Bosa and Mack, getting Aaron Jones in the running game going, showing consistent and continued progress on offense. Tackling needs to improve. Better have a Keenan Allen plan. Chargers run game, not great. Don't let them be great. Slayton, Clark, and Wyatt have to win against Will Clapp and Zion Johnson. Jordan Love needs to be efficient on offense and Green Bay cannot beat themselves. Again, final prediction, Chargers 31, Packers 23. Shout out to our Hall of Fame and All-Pro members, Most Hated Minnesotan, PJ Wynn, John Wilde, Shea Bradad, Arnaldo Espinosa, Jennifer Wright, Boom Handle, Donald Lee, and Lori Lord. If you have not yet checked out Packaday Podcast Memberships, do so right now. Would love that. That'd be amazing. If not, subscribe, like, comment, give those five-star reviews. I will be back here tomorrow with Perry and Alex breaking everything down on our post-game show. Hope everyone enjoys the game. Hope we can see a Packers victory, or if at least not that, a very competitive game with steps in the right direction again. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again for joining, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go!
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.